This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome in Wins and Losses podcast. We have been rolling up a lot of these interviews of late with a great bevy of fascinating people in the world of sports, media, and politics. We are joined now by the senator from Texas, one of the senators from Texas. He is Ted Cruz. Senator Cruz, it's Super Bowl week. People may be listening to this well after the Super Bowl, so I'll put you on the spot early with a tough question. Who do you think gets it done here? Do you think the Chiefs or do you think that the Bucks are going to be the Super Bowl champ when the NFL season finishes? Well, I, th- I think we're going to have a close game. And uh, Brady has certainly shown an ability to pull it out against impossible odds. That being said, Mahomes is a, is a beast. And so, so if, you, if you push me, I'd say it's probably Kansas City's game. We have spent a lot of time on this show, as I know you have seen, and we've interacted a decent amount on social media, pushing as hard as we possibly can for sports to be played. Not just pro sports, high school sports, college sports. How important do you think it has been for sports to, in many ways, lead the way in showing how things are able to get done in America as opposed to curling up in the fetal position and saying the challenges are are too much? We can't find a way to get through and continue our business, continue our play uh, during COVID? Well, look, I, th- I think it is important that that people be able to go to their jobs, go to work, provide for their kids, provide for their families. And people are seeing through sports that it's possible, that it can happen. Listen, I think the NBA, the way they, they did the bubble for the playoffs last year was was very well done. I mean, the, the fact that they pulled it off right in – fairly early in the pandemic was was impressive uh and i think it was you know it's a contrast contrast that say to movies i'm a huge movie buff i love movies you know hollywood is essentially shut down broadway is shut down yeah you know think of all of the thousands of people who are unemployed and and you know not just big big fancy movie stars who have the resources to to make it through it but you know People who work on lighting and gaffers and, and carpenters and electricians, who the entire industry is devastated. And, and thankfully, sports has done a better job of, of showing that, that, that we can try to be safe and protect people, but, but not utterly destroy their livelihoods at the same time. It is uh, really emblematic, I think, of where America has gone, that you now hear people say it's brave and courageous when people say we can't do something. Right. I mean, and, and, you know, your family uh, has an immigrant background as well. Like like most people who are in America on some level came here from somewhere else. Right. The idea that we are now praising people when they say, oh, it's impossible to do something is fundamentally to me the opposite of what America should stand for. No, I think that's right. And, and if you look at different jurisdictions, there's some jurisdictions that have shut everything down and and. You know, if you're a restaurant owner in New York City, I, I mean, I think it is just unconscionable what they've done. They've just destroyed uh, small businesses, you know, that, that sometimes may have been built by two, three generations of families. 
and and you've seen politicians just cavalierly shut them down. Um, I think we ought to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. We can't totally eliminate risk. You know, I mean, if you if you know, I guess we could all lock ourselves in a bubble and never never interact with with anyone on planet Earth, and that would that would reduce risk. But that's not a not a world anyone wants to live in. And, and, and so I think we need some some common sense. Um, and, and and I will say, I think Texas, by and large, has followed that path where we've taken the pandemic seriously, but we've also small businesses have been able to open and, and a restaurant spreads out a little bit more. I mean, you take reasonable protective steps, but you don't just obliterate people's entire livelihoods. You know, it's it's a fascinating window into the importance of federalism. And I don't know in our lives that it has ever mattered more who the governor of your state happened to be yeah. than right now, right? And who the mayor of your city might have been because we've got all these different little laboratories to deal with COVID. And you mentioned Texas. I think Florida and Texas, among the big states, have clearly done the best at balancing risk while also maintaining people's ability to continue their livelihood. And you contrast that with New York and with California and it's not a surprise. I was looking at the the data on net migrations. The three states, I live in Tennessee, the three states that have gained the most residents during this whole mess of COVID, Tennessee, Texas, and Florida, what do they all have in common? They have figured out a way to keep businesses open while also trying to protect their residents. Meanwhile, people are fleeing from New York, Illinois, and California, three of the most restrictive places in the entire country. It's an interesting laboratory to study the response and see who has done the best job in a way that many countries who are more national in scope might not have had those different laboratories to examine. Yeah, that, that, that is exactly right. Um, you know, a stat that, that I've cited for some time is the cost of a one-way U-Haul from California to Texas it used to be it was 300% more to go from California to Texas than it was to go the other way around. It's actually risen more than that. So right now, to get a 24-foot U-Haul from San Francisco to Austin, Texas, costs $5,000. To take the same truck back costs $986 because oh, wow. all the traffic yeah. is going one way. That's right. Ain't nobody going the other. It's fascinating. That's actually a really great data point. That pathway that you're talking about, Senator Cruz, from uh, Austin, I mean, from uh, San Francisco to Austin, also San Francisco to Miami, San Francisco to Nashville, big tech is starting to break up that corporate hegemony that had existed in San Francisco. I know you have a lot of concerns about this, as do I. I don't try to get incredibly partisan on a day-to-day basis, certainly not with my shows, but the thing that I 100% believe in is the marketplace of ideas. And I don't think there's any doubt by anyone who is active on social media that we don't have a full-fledged marketplace of ideas in the American ecosystem like we have in past years. What should be done to big tech companies that are making the decision to pull Parler off of their servers like Amazon did, to not allow certain apps to be available at Apple or at Google this idea of, hey, you don't have the right to spread your particular viewpoint if it conflates or conflicts with ours is, to me, fundamentally scary because, as you know, many of the great ideas that emerge in American thought initially were considered to be ludicrous and absurd, but because yep. of the marketplace of ideas, they were able to gain cogency and acceptance, and that's how our country evolves in an intelligent and efficacious manner. Look, I, I think that is exactly right, and I think the power of big tech uh, is the single greatest threat we have to free speech in this country, and it's the greatest threat we have to our democracy, that, that we right now have a handful of Silicon Valley billionaires with, with almost total monopoly power over, over political discourse and just about every other form of discourse today, and, and, and they're getting more and more brazen in how they use that power to silence those views they don't like and to amplify those views they do. And, and it's, you know, there have always been biased journalists. That's not new in the world. From the very first time the first journalists were carving words on a stone tablet, there were biased journalists. What's different is, is that, that big tech has power that, that 
William Randolph Hearst, at the height of yellow journalism, could not have imagined because they control 70-plus percent of people's political news is coming online. It's coming through social media, and, and their bias is invisible as well. If they don't like what you say, you simply disappear. They can shadow ban you. They can throttle you, and there's zero accountability. Uh, and, and we've seen just in the last few months, we saw, we saw Facebook and Twitter both blocking the New York Post, uh, the fourth wild. largest newspaper in America. It's insane. They just decreed, we're shutting you down. We've seen them deplatform the president of the United States, just said, okay. We don't like Donald Trump. He's no longer allowed to speak. We've seen them, as you put it out, what they did uh, to Parler, and what they did to Parler was blatantly illegal and violated the antitrust laws. And I fully expect that they will pay a big judgment because you had multiple competitors working together in concert to destroy another competitor. And, and that, that is illegal, and they don't care. And, and it is a massive threat, and unfortunately right now with, with Democrats in charge of Washington, the Democrats want big tech to do more of this, not less. They're in favor of big tech censorship, and, and so I, I expect the problem to get worse before it gets better. What's interesting, Senator Cruz, about Parler in particular, and we both have legal backgrounds, so I always try to talk for an audience that might not. People say, well, if you violate Twitter's user agreements – then you don't have the right to speak to your audience through Twitter. And then so Parler was actually created to guarantee that if people didn't have the ability to reach their audience through Twitter, they could start their own company, which had a different uh, genesis of what their ideas were going to be. And then Amazon Web Services uh, and also Google and Apple, Amazon said, we're not going to host you. Google and Apple said we're not going to allow your app to be downloaded, and they effectively, I mean, I think this is an analogy that people can understand, it's a book burning by Amazon, which was a company that was founded to sell books. They have eliminated the largest amount of opinion from being able to be shared in America, probably in the 21st century anywhere. No dictator could have made the decision that Jeff Bezos did to shut down as many people instantaneously as he did uh we basically have created our own chinese wall but it's being now monitored by as you said billionaires in silicon valley i i I think that's exactly right and and as i said they're getting more and more brazen about it um now how you solve it is a complicated question yeah um i i've spent a lot of time the last several years chairing multiple hearings in the senate on censorship with big tech and detailing uh, detailing all the instances of censorship we've seen, the solution, listen, no, nobody wants to see a federal government speech police. That would be a terrible thing. Uh, but there are solutions that, 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 that are consistent with law that also protect free speech. One solution, so right now big tech has a special immunity from liability under what's called Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act that, that – Congress gave it to big tech 20 years ago, and and it functions essentially like corporate welfare. It's a benefit that nobody else gets and only big tech gets. The reason big tech got that immunity from liability is because Congress understood that big big tech was going to be a neutral public forum. In other words, it wasn't going to put its finger on the scale. It was going to let people speak. And so the reasoning was, well, it's not fair to hold them liable for what other people are saying if it's a public forum where anyone can speak. Well, big tech has decided to abandon that. They are nakedly and brazenly censoring, and if they're going to do that, there's no reason on earth that they should have a special immunity from liability nobody else gets. Secondly, the antitrust laws. By any measure, big tech is bigger, it's more powerful than AT&T was when it was broken up under the antitrust laws. It's bigger and more powerful than Standard Oil was when it was broken up under the antitrust laws. And, and it has long been existing laws that you cannot abuse monopoly power, which is what they're doing. And then the third avenue that, that, that I think needs to be pursued it, it, it is a claim that, that, that sounds in, in fraud and consumer protection. And it, it's essentially this. The, the agreement you make with big tech when you sign up for a social media account 
The promise they're making to you is that if you follow someone, you'll see what they have to say, and if they follow you, they'll see what you have to say. Big tech is breaking that promise. They're deciding if they don't like what you have to say, the people who have chosen, I want to follow Clay Travis, well, if they don't like what you have to say, they don't get to hear what you say, even though they want to hear what you say. And, and that is fundamentally fraudulent and deceptive. And I think with the Biden administration, you're not going to see any federal government pressure on this. So it's going to have to come from state attorneys general. It's going to have to come in the states, and it's going to have to come from private litigation. And I expect quite a bit of litigation, particularly as big tech gets more and more brazen. I think we're going to see more and more litigation directed at them. You'll be fascinated by this. I've talked a little bit about it on the show. We had Donald Trump on this radio program, uh, Outkick the Coverage, that uh, that I host twice. The first time that we had him on, uh, we wrote about it a lot at OutKick. Uh, and Facebook, in the week after we had Trump on, we lost 70% of our Facebook traffic. Wow. 70%. Like, you can watch. If, if we pull a graph and we show you, uh, we wrote, you know, four or five different articles because he was talking about whether or not college football should play. To his credit and the White House's credit, they fought as hard as they possibly could uh, to yep. help us make sure that college football happens. Most of the stories that we were talking about him with were almost entirely sports-related. We wrote about it, right? The President of the United States comes on my show. We're going to write about it on the website that, <laughs> that I own uh, as well, right, sure. to help share that information. We lost 70% of our Facebook traffic. Uh, and our data analyst said it was because Donald Trump's name was appearing in so many of our articles, and it was not a negative characterization, right? It was like, President Trump is in favor of college football being played, right? right? Our data people went back and looked at it. That's Facebook. It's an unbelievable power that they have. As soon as we stopped writing about Donald Trump, over the next week, our traffic went right back up. But we can directly go to that and say they cost us tens of thousands of dollars in the way they responded to us writing about Donald Trump coming on the radio program. Now, one one thing we could say if we were purely looking to maximize revenue is we would say, oh, Facebook is dinging us. They are telling us we can't write anything positive about Donald Trump. As long as we don't, our revenue will stay the same. But the minute we go positive on Trump, our revenue collapsed. We can legitimately show you that him coming on our radio program cost us tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, th- that is powerful, and, and it is entirely consistent with the conduct they're doing in multiple other instances. You know, I, I, one of the hearings I chaired in the Senate, I, Dr. Robert Epstein testified. Uh, he is a psychologist, and he has done uh, a, just about the only empirical research on bias in Google searches. And, and he did it initially in 2016, where, where he examined Google searches and, and the biased outcome that, that leans to the left. And he concluded that Google's biased searches shifted 2.6 million votes to the Democrats, to Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump. Now, here's the interesting thing, Clay. Dr. Epstein is not a Republican. He is a liberal Democrat who voted for Hillary Clinton and, and, and who publicly campaigned for Hillary Clinton. And yet he was horrified that... that, that Big tech has the power to just manipulate voters and deceive them, and, and that, that was four years ago. They're, they're much worse now because they feel that, that nothing is holding them back. There are no limits. It is terrifying, fascinating, and I think the story of our age – the other big story of our age, I think big tech is one of the massive stories, censorship, cancel culture, the way that all of that rolls together with identity politics. The other one is China. And yes. to me, for the world of sports, what happened with Daryl Morey, who is down in Houston, in your home state of Texas, when yep. he came out and supported Hong Kong democracy, the NBA, which wants to claim that it is a bastion of social justice warriordom, that they are worried about being on the right and wrong side of history. Amazing silence, right? LeBron James, who speaks out all the time, didn't have a word to say other than sometimes the First Amendment can be a bad thing, which is an amazing quote to have. Uh, Greg Popovich, who I'm going to get to in a minute, Steve Kerr, they pop off on everything that the president was doing, Donald Trump. They don't say a word about China. So I want to circle around on, on China a little bit, and in particular the NBA's relationship with China. Greg Popovich 
uh, went after you. I saw quotes recently. I know Mark Cuban has come after you. Mark Cuban <laughs> has has come after me. For people out there, obviously, uh, Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban, uh, as well as Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, when you hear Greg Popovich, I know you're a, a basketball fan. I know you've liked yep. to watch the NBA over the years. When you hear Greg Popovich going after you, when Mark Cuban is going after you for your political opinions, but they won't say a word about genocide in China, about I saw recently a, a, an article I was reading today about forced rape of Uyghur women uh, yep. by, by people in China, and they're using literal, literal slave labor to make uh, their products. Nike is. Uh, the NBA has had their own factory of basketball uh, yep. in, in that province uh, where the Uyghurs are being held in concentration camps. How about that hypocrisy that they would not say a word about that, but they come after you for your political opinions? Well, it's, it's massive hypocrisy. And, and the, the NBA and, and pro sports in general made a big bet that there's a whole lot of money to be made in China. And they're willing to look the other way on on torture and murder and horrific human rights abuses because they stand to make a big buck. So so Daryl Morey sent a really mild tweet to start this all. Stand with Hong Kong, stand stand for liberty and democracy, I think is what he said. Um and And by the way, he was right because they've taken it away. Right. Of course he was right, but it, but it, it illustrates a couple of things. Number one Look, you and I know who Daryl Morey is. I'm a diehard Rockets fan. I bleed Rockets red. But, but most people in the country didn't know who Daryl Morey was. Frankly, when he sent the tweet, that, that was not going to be heard by a whole lot of people until the Chinese communists lost their minds, and they freaked out about it because That's they're right. so terrified of criticism. And, and the, the one friendly amendment I'd make to what you just said is, is you said the NBA stayed silent about it. No, they did worse than stayed silent about it, which is they groveled an apology that's, that's to true. China. And, and, they, and by the way, what did, what, did, what did China do? It shut down all of the rockets uh, and NBA sales of, of, of uniforms in China. Of course, we used to have Yao Ming, so actually the rockets are a very popular team in China. They shut that all down. LeBron James blasted Maury for saying that. He was defending China. said, oh, Maury doesn't understand China. Really, LeBron, what is there to understand about concentration camps and murder and torture? But look, you understand what LeBron is interested in. You understand what Mark Cuban is interested in. They're interested in bucks. They're interested in Mark Cuban is making millions of dollars by making the communist government in China happy. And they have total control over whether Mark Cuban makes that money or not. And so the NBA, it, it, it's about the Benjamins. And, and so, you know, look, this last NBA season when they had the ridiculous uh, practice of putting all the NBA players having slogans on the back of their, uh, uh, b- back of their jerseys, I, you know, I and a number of other people said, okay, how about free Hong Kong? Yeah. How about remember Tiananmen Square? I mean, look, you're all for political speech. Oh, no, 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 no. Just the political speech that happens to agree with everything in your politics, that's the only speech you'll allow. It's massive hypocrisy. You mentioned that you're a Houston Rockets fan, um, a dyed-in-the-wool, die longtime Houston Rockets fan. Uh, a qu- total sports question here for you. Yeah. Do you think that the Rockets would have won the two championships that they did if Michael Jordan hadn't retired? I do. It's a great that, that tells me that you are a huge Houston Rockets fan because that's that's Houston Rocket fandom to the core. And, and listen, and I adore uh, Jordan. I mean, I mean, it, it's I think Jordan is the greatest that's ever played on 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 the Jordan Lebron debate. I don't even think it's close. Uh, but that so '94 when the Rockets won our first uh, finals, I was at Game Seven when we beat the Knicks when John Starks went 0 for 11. I mean, oh, it yeah. was, and it was in the summit. Houston had never won a championship in any sport, and, and, and it will remain the sports highlight of my life where afterwards you had businessmen in three-piece suits crying and hugging homeless men. I mean, it brought the city together. Olajuwon was extraordinary. He dominated. Um, I've actually got sitting next to me in my office right now a piece of the, the floor from, from the 
from the summit signed by that 94 uh, rocket. Oh, that's awesome. Where were you sitting, by the way? How old were you in 94? So 94, I was 24. I was in law school, and and I had the incredible good luck. I I was working at a law firm in Houston as a summer associate called Baker Botts. And Baker Botts happens to represent the Rockets. Uh, And I worked there two summers, 94 and 95, the two years we won the finals. And, And so, like, I went to the firm early on, and I said, look, you don't need to take me out to lunch or dinner. You know, often when for the summer programs, they wine and dine with oh, yeah. students quite a bit. I said, don't buy me a meal all, all summer long. I'll have hot dogs at the hot dog stand downstairs. Just get me to the games. That's all I ask is I want to go to the games. And so I went to a bunch of the games. And, and, and it's kind of a funny story. So for game seven... The firm was not going to send the summer associates to the game. They decided they were going to send the associates, the people who were already working at the firm, there instead. And, and I went in to the, the lawyer who was the kind of lead lawyer for the Rockets, and, and I went in with another buddy of mine. We were both summer associates, and I, I, said, uh, I, I, I said, Mike, um, Amir and I, we, we've decided we, we've got to go to Game 7. And, and so we're just going to go to a scalper. We're going to buy tickets. We just we can't let this happen and not go. And, and, and I said, you know, do you know any scalpers maybe where we could get some decent rates? And we just looked at him, and he looked at us for about 30 seconds in silence. And then he just cracked up laughing. He's like, all right, damn it, I'll get you tickets. But you can't tell anyone else. And I said, done, done. And so I ended up getting tickets for, for face value. It was 75 bucks, And I was seated – right behind uh, one of the backboards, and I was seated kind of right to the side of where Dr. J and Bob Costas were, were broadcasting the game. And, and actually, part of the, the fun was when the, during the commercial breaks, uh, Dr. J was busting Costas, going, man, your Knicks suck. <laughs> that was the funniest part of the whole game was just hearing Dr. J do that off camera. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Good sleep should come naturally and with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. That was an amazing run. So the 94 Game 7, Patrick Ewing never gets it done out there for people. I mean, that was a, a, an amazing series. And like you mentioned, John Starks just fell apart. Now the next year, to help the Rockets argument, and by the way, this is the Wins and Losses podcast. I'm Clay Travis. We're talking to Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. Jordan came back, ended up losing that series to the Orlando Magic, 
and then you guys win a second title before Jordan wins his three in a row. For some guys out there who are young, they may not remember that, uh, that era of 90s era NBA basketball, which, by the way, is, I think, the peak, the absolute peak of the NBA in America. Well, I had always defined my perfect basketball game would be a game, Rockets uh, against the Bulls in the finals, game seven, uh, to have the Rockets win, but to have Jordan score 100 points and break Wilt's record. Yeah. And, and, and I never was a Scottie Pippen fan, so I actually finished it off with and have Pippen playing for the Bulls, tip the ball in accidentally in our bucket <laughs> and score the winning basket for us. Did you watch The Last Dance, by the way? Uh, the oh. Documentary? Every, every minute of it, and I think my favorite moment is when they play uh, Gary Payton talking about covering uh, – Oh, yeah. Covering Jordan and Jordan's laugh about, you know, I, I think I could handle the glove. <laughs> it, it was so real. I mean, it, it, it was incredible. It was that's such a great nostalgic time back. Like the Dennis Rodman stories, you knew in the 90s that those were great, but they're so much more fun. I mean, that 90s era Bull team is, I think, the most beloved American sporting franchise ever, yep. right? You're a Rockets fan. Uh, I didn't grow up with a particular affinity for a team, but I was obsessed with the 90s era Bulls, and I think a huge number of people out there listening are, and it was because they were just such an exhilarating team to play, and Jordan himself is, I think, the, the signature achievement. I don't know, if you go to a concert or you go to watch someone who has to put on a performance, he was so incredible every night that I don't think people really, who haven't experienced him. You mentioned the Jordan versus LeBron argument. The amount of intensity and effort he brought to bear, whether it was a random Tuesday night in the 14th game of the season or whether it was Game 7 of the NBA Finals, is unmatched, I think, ever in the history of basketball. Look, I completely agree, and, and where I think Jordan took it to another level is at the end of any game that was close that mattered, you knew Jordan was going to have the ball, you knew he was going to take the shot. You knew he was going to be triple teamed. And you knew he was going to make it. I mean, it was, you know, there's all the, the you know, truisms, things like, you know, ice water in the veins. But it's just, it was a level of just stone cold killer that, that I mean, he would always, always perform. By the way, I'll give you uh, a, a fantasy alternative universe. Which is, if you remember the Rockets, we had two years in a row, we had back-to-back number one draft picks. We picked Ralph Sampson the first year. The second year, we picked Olajuwon. That draft that Olajuwon came out, Jordan was also in the draft. Olajuwon was drafted number one. The Bulls drafted Jordan number three. Sam Bowie went number two, who was kind Uh, of wedged in there between those two, I believe. Yep, that's exactly right. And, and look, you can't fault Houston for drafting Olajuwon. He was coming out of University of Houston, five slam a jamma. I mean, it was, it was a great, great pick. But imagine if Houston had gone to the Bulls and said, we'll trade you Ralph Sampson, who we drafted the year earlier with the number one pick, and he just won Rookie of the Year. We'll trade you Ralph Sampson for the number three pick. We could have drafted Olajuwon and Jordan. That would have been a that would have been that would have been one hell of a team. You've been a little bit better than Bill Cartwright, I think, and Bill Winnington. Uh, <laughs> we're talking to uh, Senator Ted Cruz. What do you think about James Harden? You're, you're a Rockets fan. You had those moments in '94, '95. You've gotten close. Uh, I know you had another game seven where you guys couldn't hit a three for for every oh. dollar on the. I mean, that was probably tough for you to watch. It was a 23 missed threes in a row or whatever the heck it was. Oh. Um, what do you think about Harden going to Brooklyn? What do you think about the future of the Rockets? Oh look, it, it, my, my heart is sad at, at Harden leaving. He's he's one hell of an offensive force. You're right. That game where we could only shoot threes. Like, did nobody remember how to drive to the basket? Like, like, okay, fine. You're not hitting threes. Like, do something else. Damn it, get to the foul line. But but we couldn't do that. I, I'm sad to see Harden go because he's extraordinary and historic, and and the offensive output the last couple, uh, three years is is unmatched. I mean, the numbers, you have to go back to, to Chamberlain to find anything even close. 
that being said, listen, I'm this this new team is kind of growing on me. I mean, it it's it it, it came together kind of eclectically, but but you know, John Wall, if he if he can stay healthy, he looks like he's got speed, he's got agility. Uh, Oladipo's a, a heck of a player. Um, Eric Gordon has has been playing very strong, and and I'm really liking Boogie Cousins. I mean, Boogie is. You know, people forget before he got hurt that he was one hell of a ball player, and he's he hustles. And then, and then we've got PJ Tucker, we got Christian Wood, who who I didn't really know till he till he came to to Houston. But but Wood is playing. I think that the Rockets could surprise folks this year when it was supposed to be a rebuilding year. But it, but if we can actually stay healthy, I think there's a shot. Now, also in Houston, and I know you're a Houston area sports fan, Deshaun Watson is all the rage, right? To talk about what should happen there. Let's pretend in a different world that you were not a politician and you owned the Houston Texans. What would you do with Deshaun Watson? Would you sit down with him and just try to figure out a way to work it out? Or do you think at this point, based on all the reports out there, it's time to just see if you can get a King's ransom for him using obviously the Matthew Stafford trade to the Rams as kind of a template of what value Deshaun Watson might carry. Look, the, the question is, is he persuadable? Uh, and, and I don't know. So, so I think at a minimum you have to sit down and talk with him. Uh, I mean, I've seen the reports that, says, that say you want to leave. That's obviously with the Rockets what they were saying about Harden. With Harden, that certainly seemed to be the case. Um, as a Texans fan, my, my heart is grieving. I think Watson is, is, I mean, he can move, he can throw. But that being said, I mean, the Texans uh, were missing. J.J. Watt, too. You guys might lose J.J. Watt as well. The talk is that you basically could be using, losing two of the faces of the franchise. Well, and, and, and we, we let DeAndre Hopkins go for nothing. Like, yeah. we just handed him away, you know, one of the elite receivers in the league. We just said, oh, okay, bye. Go. I mean, that was the moment, actually, that I started, like, uh, several buddies of mine were texting each other, just, you know, what the hell? Like, like and the problem is, without a receiving core, uh, you know, for Watson, you can understand you're going four and twelve, saying, "All right, get me out of here. I want to win." I, I don't necessarily fault him. What I'd like to see is the team go to Watson and say, "We're going to build a Super Bowl contender team around you and make it so where he'd want to stay." But I, I don't know if that's doable right now. What about the uh, the uh, Houston Astros? Did you feel like? the title was in any way I know you talked about Houston not necessarily winning a lot of championships when the Astros win that championship did it feel in any way tainted by the reports that came out later about the signals from the dugout the banging on the trash cans those uh the fallout from that those titles yeah of course it was and 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 it uh it that that was hard I will say when we won the World Series in 2017 that that was an incredible, incredible that the, that whole playoffs. I, I I was at games three, four, and five of the of the World Series, so all the Houston games, and and you know there are moments in sports that are really beautiful. And and if you remember what was happening in 2017, Houston had just gone through Hurricane Harvey. Oh yeah, and and it was the you know the second most costly natural disaster in U.S. history. It was devastating, and and there was at the time a a a, a meme online of a guy in his living room sitting on a lawn chair uh, with all the carpet ripped up, all the sheetrock ripped up, no furniture, uh, a TV set playing the game, and he's standing in an Astros jersey cheering as his entire home has been destroyed. And it, and it said, this is why it matters. And, and I got to say, that victory parade, and I was part of the parade in Houston, we had a million people come out. It's the first World Series we'd ever won, the only World Series we'd ever won, but it, but it was... It was a beautiful moment of celebration for the city that, that, that was incredibly powerful. And I love that team. Uh, look, the trash can banging and all of that, of, co- of course it tarnishes it. And it just – I think all Houston fans are just sad about it. And, and um, you know, my daughter Catherine is a softball player. She's 10 now. Uh, I took her to game five. So it was the day after her eighth birthday. It was October 28th. And game five, you remember, is the one that went to 1.30 in the morning. It was an incredible oh, yeah. game. And, and, and it was just Catherine and me. It was daddy-daughter, just the two of us. And I told her that. I said, Catherine, you don't realize this, but you're going to tell your grandkids 
you were here for the greatest baseball game in the history of the Houston Astros. And, and, and it was when the whole sign-stealing scandal broke, and I had to explain it to Catherine. And she asked, you know, about, you know, different stars. Did they know? And I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah, they did know. And, and, and she said, well, Daddy, why, why would they do that? Why would they be willing to cheat? And, and I said, well, you know, sweetheart, sometimes the pressure to win can be really, really tough. And she looks at me and says, well, don't they know it doesn't matter if you win or lose? It matters how you play the game. And I was just, I just hugged her. And I'm like, you know, I told her softball coach, I said, see, she's listening. Yeah, that's fantastic. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmental Environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. We're talking to Senator Ted Cruz, wins and losses. I'm Clay Travis. A uh, couple of questions for you here uh, as, we, uh, as we wind down. And obviously, we need to get you on more often to talk Houston sports, by the way, uh, because uh, I think people are really going to enjoy this. A couple of things. Um, you talked about Jordan, and I think we agree, being the best basketball player of all time. He and Brady, probably the two greatest team sport athletes of all time. Yep. You've worked in politics for a while. Who, in your mind, is the Jordan and or uh, the, uh, the Brady of the political universe and maybe also the judicial universe? People that you've seen and you're like, man, their talent is just on a different level in terms of the political and judicial universe. You know, in the political world, I'd, I'd have to say Ronald Reagan. Um, you know, for me... I've got in in my office here in the Senate, I have the bust of three people. I have a bust of Reagan, uh, I have a bust of Winston Churchill, and I have a bust of of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And and I think all three of them as leaders, they were visionaries, that that they could see beyond enormous challenges, enormous hurdles, and and they led, led their nations through 
massive challenges. They inspired millions and changed the world. And, and two of the three suffered an assassin's bullet. And, and so I, I would say Reagan in terms of the ability to inspire and, and, and to speak to our better angels and touch our hearts and minds. You know, I was 10 years old when Reagan became president. I was 18 when he left the White House. And I, I think for a whole generation uh, of Americans, I, Ronald Reagan defined what it meant to be president, that hopeful, optimistic belief in America, belief in freedom, that, that, that happy warrior. You know, you know, there was a prior generation of politicians that were mean and angry and nasty, and, and, and Reagan rose above that. I think that's something uh, a, a lot more of us need to do a lot more often. What about judiciary-wise, judicial-wise? Is there someone who written opinions or – I know, again, the law background with you – who would you say is that level, the Jordan, the Brady in your mind of uh, the judicial universe? You know, two people that I would focus on in, in recent history are, number one, Antonin Scalia, who was, who was brilliant and, and who I knew well. He was an extraordinary writer. Uh, and then number two, Chief Justice William Rehnquist, who, who was my boss. I worked for Chief Justice Rehnquist, was a law clerk for him, and, and knew him well. And this is actually a, a good way to wrap things up. Because there's a connection between Chief Justice Rehnquist and the Houston Rockets in 95, and, and it's going to surprise you. So I'm a third-year law student. Uh, I get called for an interview for, uh, to interview with the Chief Justice, and his secretary calls and says, you know, can you be here tomorrow for the interview? I said, sure, I'll be there whenever you want. So I was in Houston. I flew up to D.C., uh, I had the interview. It was at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It lasted uh, 17 minutes. It was a short interview. Uh, the interview went fairly well, and, and as we're walking out, um, I, I had tried something of a joke. I said, uh, I said you know, Mr. Chief Justice, uh, I'm actually bittersweet to be here right now. And, and he looks at me kind of puzzled. He said, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, Tonight is game four of the NBA Finals, and, and my Houston Rockets are getting ready to sweep Orlando and win uh, the second of back-to-back -back championships. And, and I was going to the game tonight, and I gave up the tickets to go to the game to come here and interview with you. And the chief cracked up laughing, and he said, well, I think you made the right decision. Uh, and it's probably the reason I got the job is I made him laugh, and he figured, all right, if you made me laugh, it, it, it'll, it'll be all right to, to work with him uh, for a year. That's outstanding. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz, I appreciate the time. Uh, I know how busy you are. We'll get you on again to talk some more sports in the future. Uh, but in the meantime, for people out there who might not be following you, what's the best way for them to track you down and keep up with what you're doing? So on Twitter, at Ted Cruz, uh, I've got a podcast, Verdict with Ted Cruz. Uh, that, that Which is doing really well, right? I've, I've heard that it's being uh, very well uh, received so far. Yeah, we launched it a year ago during impeachment. It became the number one podcast in the world at that time. I mean, it's, we've had over 25 million downloads. Um, and then I just have a new book, actually, on the question you asked about the Supreme Court. The book I, I just wrote is called One Vote Away. How a single Supreme Court seat can change history, and and that became the number one bestseller on Amazon, and and so it gives the inside story of the court and the justices, and it and it answers in a lot greater depth uh, the, the question you asked about great justices and decisions and how our liberties are are hanging by a single vote. Let me ask you one more because you mentioned impeachment and you did that podcast that was so well received. The impeachment trial of Donald Trump, the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump, yeah. is going to happen. It appears to be dead on arrival based on the 45 Republicans who have already said, basically, we don't believe it has jurisdiction. You worked in the Supreme Court as a clerk. You're obviously a legal scholar as well. For people out there who may not be familiar with it, what's going to happen? What do you believe of this second impeachment trial? I think you're exactly right. It's, it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, you're going to see the Democrats from the House present their case attacking President Trump. I don't think it makes sense to be doing impeachment. The president is already out of the White House. He's left. I, I think this is really a, a, an exercise in, in partisan vindictiveness. And I think there are big challenges in the country. I think we ought to be working to try to get people back to work and restart the economy coming out of this pandemic rather than a, a, a petty political trial 
But at the end of the day, the result is clear. In order for the president to be convicted in an impeachment trial, it takes two-thirds of the Senate. That's 67 senators. That's not going to happen. All the Democrats are going to vote to convict him, and the facts don't matter, by the way. They just hate him. Uh, all of the Democrats are going to vote to convict him, and I think there will be a handful of Republicans who do as well. You mentioned the vote that was 55-45. That's probably a pretty good proxy for where we end up, uh, but it's going to be well short of 67. And so it will be a, a partisan demonstration by the Democrats, and then it will go nowhere at the end of the day. Would you ever want to be on the Supreme Court as opposed – I know you've run for president several times – but at some point, would that ever have an appeal to you? Uh, I've actually run for president once. So, uh, so <laughs> all right, so, my so, bad. Several, several different we'll... primaries. Several <laughs> different primaries you were, you were a candidate for. So I apologize. But would you? Would it have any appeal to you to ever be on the Supreme Court? Uh, you know, it, it, it curiously it, it, it does not. Um, and, and this is one of the things I actually talk about it at some length in 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 my book, One Vote Away. Is is that. For all three of the Supreme Court vacancies that happened uh, in the last four years, President Trump had very serious conversations with me about whether I wanted to go to the court, and he put me on the list of, of potential justices he would appoint. And, and what I told him each time is I didn't want the job. Uh, that, that, that it was fine if he wanted to put me on the list, but I wouldn't, wouldn't accept the job and I didn't want it. Um, I think a judge's responsibility is to stay out of political fights and policy fights. If I were ever a judge, I'd do that. I don't want to stay out of political and policy fights. I want to be right in the middle of them, and the right place to do that is the politically elected branches. It's the U.S. Senate. It, it, it is That under our Constitution is where we should resolve these issues. Ted Cruz, I appreciate it. Uh, look forward to talking to you again sometime soon and encourage people to, uh, to check out your podcast as well as that most recent book. Awesome. Appreciate it. That is Ted Cruz. I am Clay Travis. This has been the Wins and Losses podcast. Go download all of them. Check them out. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. We'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. Again, Wins and Losses podcast. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash slash iHeart.